0: Hi, I'm Sam Candy. Welcome to Sustained Talks. Today, I'm joined by Graham Hayes. Graham has a PhD in Sustainable Business Model Design and Innovation and is an Enterprise Fellow working with businesses to support their journey to net zero at the Centre for Enterprise at Manchester Metropolitan University. Hi, Graham. How are you? Hi, Sam. Really, Really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah it's good to have you here I'm excited about it we've been talking for such a long time um but it'd be really good if you can share a little bit more about your history and what you do and the work that you do
1: okay thank you um thanks for the intro you've sort of nailed it really but it is a bit of a mouthful <laughs> all all the sort of long words in there um basically i'm an enterprise fellow in at, at um, manchester met um enterprise fellow is a bit of a unique role because it's not an academic role in the usual sense um I used to be a traditional academic where I do lots of research and publish papers and things like that this position is about supporting businesses essentially so I still do bits of research but really it's all about taking the expertise I've picked up over the last 10-15 years or so and get to the opportunity to use that with businesses um broadly to help them on the sustainability journey yeah Uh, and they they need it
0: at the moment don't they
1: Absolutely, yeah. So um, I project manage and deliver on um, a couple of programs tied to net zero. The, the most relevant one is one called we um, see so an eco-innovation program. Um, and on that program, we basically support businesses who are trying to sort of work out their place in the world. Uh, what, what is climate change? How is it going to impact them and what they can do about it? Because um, it's a huge challenge, as I'm, I'm sure you know.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I'd like to get into that a little bit deeper. But before we do, it'd be interesting to hear your views, especially um, with your expertise on what you think about sustainability and what you think of climate change you know we're seeing a lot on the news about um the floods that we're seeing at the moment last year it was the fires and but Mm -hmm. but do you think that we really are in a crisis yeah
1: i mean when i started this journey on this on this career path i used to talk about climate change as something that was happening in the future and it was difficult to communicate i used to say because it's we need we need action now for things that are going to happen in the long-term future but i think it's plainly obvious now that we are living in a climate emergency We're at the very early stages of it and i predict it's going to get much worse as uh, emissions continue to not come down at the rate we need to um but i mean obviously you can't always say that extreme weather events are definitely because of climate change but we know that they are increasingly more likely because of climate change and we're seeing it more and more across all parts of the world now. There used to be events that would happen on the other side of the planet so it was very easy for us in the UK and other parts of the world to turn a, a blind eye to them but now we're seeing it in in the UK and in Europe on a regular basis and I think that's why we're seeing a lot more um, uptick in the agenda recently.
0: Yeah and do you like know you you mentioned um the issue with the growing of emissions so do you really believe that it is because of human activity that we're seeing this
1: yeah absolutely that's not really up for discussion really if you look at the the climate data if you look at the fact that it used to be the figure was 97 percent of climate scientists believe climate change is a human-caused event and it's recently been updated, I think to 999 percent now. I'd love to know who the 0.1% are and actually speak to them to see what the how they've got their perspectives. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's impossible to not take that position at the moment. When you look at the scale of the impacts, the regularity of them and just the, the pure climate data, the fact that climate predictions have been proven right consistently over and over and over again, I think it's it's pretty clear that we're living in in scurvy times really.
0: Yeah, uh, I think the thing is, there's still so many climate deniers out there, but the facts are there. And, you know, we we see these changes and it does seem to be getting so much worse. And people are, you know, um, affected more and more by what's happening, whether it's their homes or their businesses. Um, but um, the work you're doing uh, is to help businesses to reduce their emissions uh get to net zero do you think that businesses can make a difference
1: absolutely yeah i think it really comes down to business in a lot in a lot of ways that you know they're the mediators between the economy and and what we do as as um human beings and people living in society so i mean there's obviously It's it's very much shared between us as consumers and users of businesses and of policymakers to determine what businesses can do. But ultimately, it really does come down, not not completely to businesses, but they certainly have a very important role to play in terms of what they do, how they make things, what they make, um, the services that they provide, what business models they use. Um, Businesses have essentially developed in what we call an externalizing um, economic system where basically anything that isn't directly tied to what you do as a business you can just ignore because it's not your responsibility so that's why things like cleaner or a healthy flourishing society don't have any economic value assigned to them so mm-hmm. there's no, no real impetus for a business to to uh, include things like pollution for example uh, quality climate change in what they do because there's, there's no financial incentive to do that But what we're seeing is we're seeing like the rules of the game start to change now because policies are coming into place to try to stop climate impacts from happening. So there are increasingly either economic value assigned to things or things are being made um, illegal, essentially. So it's the same story going back to the Industrial Revolution when we had like children working in factories, all of a sudden child labor laws come come in. We have um, the Great Smog in London and then we get the Clean Air Act in the UK and we're still seeing that roll out across the world. And we had things like the landfill tax and then more recently carbon taxes. And I mean, just in the last year, we've had in Greater Manchester, we had the Clean bill for Greater Manchester come in and put on pause, get put on pause eventually. But I'm sure that'll come back. Uh, we've had a, a ban on red diesel recently, which is meaning that businesses that have been reliant on that for decades now, are now all of a sudden thinking actually hydrogen is not that much expensive than the other alternatives. So maybe that's something we can look at now. So yeah. the whole... The whole game that businesses or the rules of the game that businesses are engaged in is is shifting. And I was thinking about this in preparation for this interview this morning. I went for a little walk and it occurred to me that whether we have climate impact that devastates the planet or we manage to stop climate change, the rules of those games are very similar because either way, if we live on a planet where everything's collapsed, there's not going to be many resources. You're going to have to be efficient. You're going to have to be localized just to survive. And we need to do that. To stop climate change from happening so whether we stop climate change or not the future for business is operating in a sustainable efficient responsible manner
0: yeah do you think we can saying that do you think that we can stop climate change
1: i think it's a huge 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 challenge i think we absolutely can um we've done it before you know like we've this is not the first time we've encountered something of an unbelievably huge scale that is. Almost impossible to even conceive of stopping. Like we've we've done that with the Second World War, for example. And there's some great examples from the Second World War where you look at how entire industries completely reorganized in in no time at all from making um, pots and pans into making armor for, for um, tanks and stuff like that. From lingerie manufacturers making netting for for the war effort, we had um, there was campaigns for shared um, car sharing. There was like like banners saying if you drive alone, you drive with Hitler. So really powerful messages, and yeah, but they really caused a, a huge change, and people got into that because they saw the threat of this major thing um, that that was posed to society. And so we've done it before. We can we can definitely do it again, especially when you see the, all the new technologies that we have coming available. The fact that there's still there's still a narrative that climate change is very expensive and it'll make things worse. But for me, there's a lot. It's not just about stopping climate change. Sustainability is about trying to create a cleaner, healthier, happier, flourishing society. So I think there's something really positive from it as well, as well as opportunity. So the one thing I always say is there's never been something that's so clearly going to happen where we know the consequences very clearly. We know what we need to do very clearly, but nearly no business is ready to make those changes. So if you can be one of those businesses that can do that. It's a huge opportunity for, for growth as well.
0: Why do you think they're not ready? Do you think it's just a, a lack of knowledge and understanding? Or do you think businesses are scared it's going to cost more more money and they're, they're focused on other things? You know, there's a cost of living crisis going on right now. What do you think are the key Issues to to businesses not not getting on board.
1: I think it's it's all of those. Um, I think it's naive to say that being more responsible or more resilient isn't or doesn't carry costs with it because we we're talking about this, you know, internalizing of things that we externalized before. So you can't just throw things into rivers anymore. You've got to dispose of them responsibly. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, so it, it is getting more expensive, um, which is a huge barrier. But you've got to look at that in the context of a full like uh, cost-benefit analysis and the, the costs of inaction, which are far more significant. Um, the other thing is, yeah, it's really difficult to, to change because it takes... You need to be aware of what's happening, so you need to be aware of climate change, and there's still not a popular discourse about that, really. You see it more and more in the news and things like that, but there's still a lot of people who have no idea about climate change or or believe it or know any of the data behind it. Yeah. Um, You need the time in your business, you know, managing a business, especially if you're like an SME, it's really difficult to get the time to horizon scan and see how, like how is the world changing and how you can take advantage of that. If you're a big business, you've probably got people working in sustainability or with the time to do that stuff, but you're a big juggernaut of an organization. That's very difficult to change. You've got shareholders to respond to. So there's this awareness factor, the time factor, and then you've got to be agile. So you've got to be able to, or willing to take a risk and be bold enough to do something a bit a bit different, and that's ultimately how businesses innovate and grow and become long-lasting, successful businesses. You have to do that in order to to keep on surviving. But it it takes a lot of courage to do that, and not a, not as many businesses do that, I think, as um, should
0: do. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the ECOI program and what what is involved in that? Because I think that's a really good opportunity for businesses.
1: Yeah I mean we, we basically respond exactly to that that narrative really so what I love about the program is we get all sorts of different businesses who come on we get we get businesses who have decided like that for whatever reason they've become aware of climate change and this is the thing for them they want climate change to be their reason for being and I love working with them because they're really ambitious and we get to do really great things with them. Other businesses come on because say for example Red Diesel has been banned so they're looking for ways how they can continue to exist but through sustainable technologies. And they're really interesting from an innovation perspective. My favorites though are people who come on because basically their boss has told them to come on and they don't really know much, that much about sustainability. And they leave the program generally saying, really uh, encouraging things like, I have no idea about this, but I'm gonna go home, tell my boss, tell my family, tell my friends and really try to start my journey on this. So it's I really like working with those groups the most. Um, what we do on the program is we basically We sit down with businesses to help them understand, first of all, what is climate change? How is the world changing? How is this going to affect the wider society, whether that's through climate impact or through, through things like policy or new technologies? We then get them to sort of look at what does the future world look like? Whether we want to stop climate change or we think climate change is going to happen, what does this future idealistic world that we want to achieve look like? And then we sort of map the business's current business model and what they do at the moment and we can see that usually what they're doing doesn't match that future world so we can start to say if you want to be a thriving enterprise in the future you need to be thinking about that future world rather than the world of today so then all of a sudden we have like a like a core set of values and a vision that we can move towards so then we do um something called well well, we do backcasting and academic words you don't need to know about we basically help businesses to sort of prioritize and create pathways of how they can move towards achieving that vision over long periods of time so they leave with a a, um, climate action strategy or an action plan Um, we obviously we always say that businesses should do carbon accounting as a first step because that's how you can get your baseline but also if you're an SME looking to start the journey and you're looking at where are the key things that, that you can have impact in. We don't we don't think a carbon account is strictly necessary. It's best practice. But if you're a business, a small business looking to do something, you can usually tell what your main emissions are without a great deal of inform, information to support it. Um, so you maybe you lose the ability to get your baseline and stuff. But often you can go back and establish that information. But just to develop an initial strategy, you can identify what your core and priority areas areas are and prioritize which ones are the priority areas and then all of a sudden you've got an action plan that you can go away and, and implement in your business
0: yeah oh that's great and do people have to apply how many companies are on the program
1: we've had uh, over 100 businesses over the last year or so
0: yeah
1: um so we we run cohorts about once a month typically um where we have between um we've had a a couple of big cohorts of 40 businesses but usually it's about closer to 10 so because we like like to do it on a very one-to-one level as possible we have just actually hit our targets for the program so we are currently now working more with businesses to develop innovations with us because that's the other thing that we do we don't just give them that guidance we then work with them to say who in our university can we link you with to try to do really interesting things so we've got like a um There's a coffee roasting business that's looking to use pig slurry from a local farm as an anaerobic digester, so they can use that to power the coffee roasting business. Um, We've had a packaging company in the fast fashion sector who 40% of fast fashion products get returned. So they recycle these plastic bags that they get back, but they have paper with the envelope on so they wash that off and then they're left with loads of paper pulp. So we're working with them to see if we can turn that into energy through anaerobic digestion. And then we think the spent paper from that we can then use in um, cement as an additive in cement, which will reduce the carbon emissions of cement. So we're trying to do really innovative things with businesses. Um, so that's what we're, we're exploring at the moment is how can we get as many carbon savings as possible.
0: That's really great. And I bet some, uh, I mean, as you say, there's some great things that have come out of that. But um, interestingly, you talk about innovation. and Obviously, technology is playing a big part in innovation at the moment. But what do you think that, and and I, I strongly believe that the innovation that is being developed at the moment is things that we don't know about that are going to come out in five years time that could help us with the climate crisis but are there any things that really stand out to you with with your knowledge and expertise that some innovations that we're going to see more of and see grow in the future what
1: what's really really interesting is there's a thing i don't don't know if you've heard of this i think it's called the, the gartner hype cycle i've always just called it the hype cycle i think it's someone called gartner who created it and it's basically a journey and innovation goes on so when if I use um, self-driving cars as an example, the technology of self of automated driving comes out comes comes available, and then there's loads of hype around it of how it's going to change the world. Um, but then the technology gets so advanced, it starts to get used in society. So then with self-driving cars, we have people get run over. I saw yesterday there was a Tesla in America that just stopped on the freeway and caused a pileup, and it just stopped for no reason. So all of a sudden the hype goes down because people get a bit wary about the technology. But then over time, it becomes part of society, and it's just something used on a day-to-day basis. Um, Never before in human history have there been so many innovations and technology on that initial hype part, where it's building up, that all have the ability to change the world. So Mm -hmm. there's um, one of the programs I manage is on 3D printing, and there's already uh, the technology of 4D printing is is coming uh, soon, which is basically 3D printed items that can change in their form over time. I don't really know how that works. I need to learn more about that. It sounds very futuristic. There's also something called smart dust, which is basically um, computer processing at a dust level, some microprocessing, which could have a huge impact in things. Um, I think automation is going to completely change the world. For one, I think there's going to be a massive unemployment as jobs are lost to to AI and robots. And I don't know how we're going to cope with that as a society, but hopefully there'll be environmental benefits there. I, th- I think what's really interesting, I was speaking to an AI expert yesterday, because uh, we're looking into how AI can help decarbonize the energy system. And there's massive opportunities with AI in terms of looking at the energy grid and, and turning off things when they're not needed and, and stuff like that. But when you get new technologies, they often get used in ways where they're not necessarily supposed to, and no one's really looking with AI what the negative impacts might be. Just as an example, that's that's the case with a lot of technologies. So I think it's there's a lot of technologies coming online. But it's just very important that um, sustainability is embedded right at the core of their design and how they're developed and used, because otherwise mm. you can just get left behind and then there can be a negative impact from some technologies as well.
0: Yeah. Have you, I, I assume you've been looking at ChatGPT?
1: I haven't heard of that, no.
0: ChatGPT? Oh, so... Oh, ChatGPT,
1: uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah I have
0: yeah yeah I, and that that in itself um i i think the developments of that is like a more developed google but i mm. think that that also can play a big um part in sustainability and how um people can get answers very quickly to to the things that they need and how they can um put more education out and um how it can help in universities and with students as well. Um, But you work closely with the students, um, um, you work in a university, are you seeing like with students that they're um, really showing an interest in sustainability and environment and climate change?
1: Um, We are, this is probably my most controversial view in the whole sustainability world. Um, there's, There's a narrative, that young people are going to, are, the, are the future and they're going to change everything and save us all from climate catastrophe. And they are the future. And I've met plenty of students who blow me away and almost make me feel inadequate because they're so advanced and so mature in, in the way that they work. But equally, I remember, without wanting to sound like an old, an old moaning person, when I was at university, I remember, I think I knew one person who had a car. And there's so many students I see driving to work these days. There's so many people on some of the units I've taught about sustainable business. People come on and they're like, I actually didn't know any of this stuff still. And I've done lectures about fast fashion um, and the impact of that. And then when you give them an activity, you, you'll see students sometimes on fast fashion websites buying things. And it's like, oh. um, so I think students are more aware. Certainly, with, When I started this journey, I didn't know anything about climate change. When I was 18, I don't think I'd even probably heard about climate change. And now when I teach students who are motivated on this agenda, I feel a bit like my time's wasted because they know so much. They know everything that I tell them because they're really switched on and they know about it. And that body is growing. But I guess my point is there's still a lot more to do. There's a lot more students who need to be engaged with, which is what we're trying to do at our university. We're trying to embed sustainability across all of our units, all of our modules, so that every every student basically leaves as a carbon literate student who understands the implications of what they go on to do in the future life, what the implications of that are for sustainability.
0: I think that's great. And actually, you know, when you look at... And um, the way that jobs are changing, and the skills that are going to be needed in the future, the students of today are going to need those skills to be able to get the the great jobs. Because I think that the green skills that are going to be created out of the innovations are going to be huge, right?
1: Yeah, I just saw this morning, there's a group called, I think it's called Work for Climate or Working for Climate. Uh, It's a network of people who support basically in the the climate or sustainability world on um, just stepping into that sector and advancing the careers in that sector. And they've announced, I think just yesterday, an ambition to create an extra 100 million um, employees in the climate world by 2030. So (laughs) that's absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, But but totally needed, because if you look at the scale of what we have to do if you know if, if we're talking about every business having a climate strategy which is what the the uk government announced during cop 26 or if every business needs to produce a carbon account there's, there's a role for consultancies to do that but every business really needs that internally and so we need thousands and thousands of people entering the job market to do that um i think one of the best ways to do that is you don't you don't need to be a sustainability professional to necessarily have a big impact I think if you're a successful person in a career, you don't need to quit and do a, an undergrad or a master's and learn how to do sustainability. You can do change from within. So if you're in facilities management, that's one of the easiest ones because you can make a business more sustainable that way. If you're in recruitment, you can look at how you can support your the staff that you're helping to get into the workforce through different measures even if you're a security guard or something you could try to engage with people and traveling to work more sustainably there's every job has got a capacity to have an impact
0: yeah Uh, I think
1: businesses are crying out for that sort of of support so unless you're really really busy and you have a manager who doesn't really believe in climate change or is probably not a good manager because they don't want to support your growth I think most managers and most businesses if you said to them I want to pick up sustainability for this business I think they'd they'd bite your hand off and, and really support you in that
0: yeah, I, I see a lot of businesses where they're pulling together um sustainability committees of different people around the business from from you know, it could be somebody from accounting and somebody from from maintenance it really doesn't matter and they all come together and they work on the project and they do it out of a passion um, which which I think is of really value to a business but as you say you know you just need to start somewhere and there's there's enough um, resource about to, to help anyone and um, what do you see for the future I mean you know like talking sort of 2030
1: um i see there's going to be a lot of change 2030 that's an interesting point and certainly once when we get into 2050 we're going to have huge huge change i think 2030 we're still going to be on that journey we're still going to be moving i think we're going to see more and more uptake of all these things that we're talking about i think it's going to become much less viable for a business to continue with business as usual um, a, because of the demand from the public will change. You've got different sectoral bodies pushing for change. You've got policy changing. You've got climate impact is going to continue to ramp up and force businesses, businesses to change. I think we, we may start to see, whenever the rules of the game change, whether that's for, because of an innovation or a change in a societal norm, businesses that don't change disappear. And that's why most businesses, or very few businesses are around for like 50 or 100 years, the businesses come and go quite quickly. The ones that stick around are able to move on, move with the times and innovate. And I think maybe around by 2030, we might start seeing some of those businesses who aren't able to adapt start to go, which sounds bad and it's bad for those business owners, but th- those businesses will or should be replaced by by new businesses who are more efficient and will be able to take up the slack in terms of jobs and contributions to the local economy. So. I'm hopeful that we'll start to see an uptick in, in change and we'll start to see, see some really positive news coming through. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see.
0: Mm. Um, if you could make the change, you know, if you was thinking about uh, there's a lot of investment out there and often I think that some of these companies, they don't know where to invest it, but where would you put your money if you had... 10 million to invest in sustainable innovation what would be the thing that you put your money on right now
1: that's a really good question um if if i was just purely looking for change and impact to be honest i would be very tempted i've no idea how many episodes of coronation street you could buy an advert for with 10 million pound but i think a massive marketing campaign on sustainability to communicate to the public the scale of the change required to encourage them to make changes in their own life pointing towards support i think that would have such a big impact because that will help to create the mandate for more political pressure for more change from businesses so i'd be very tempted to do something like that to be honest um in terms of innovation oh God, that's a really good question i think i think there's a lot a lot to do in terms of supporting homes to insulate in the uk um and then um facilitating the transition to electric vehicles is is a huge challenge i don't know how far 10 million would get you in that transition but they would, they would probably install quite a few vehicle charge points across the uk so maybe something along those lines
0: do you think um electric vehicles is is like one of the biggest
1: answers then um what do you think about hydrogen um i'm not a massive expert on hydrogen i know there are advantages and disadvantages to both approaches as i understand it hydrogen you can fill up your car really quickly so you'd be able to use existing like petrol station infrastructure Mm -hmm. which advantages and i know you know if you're talking about having a completely complete electric vehicle fleet and then you look at Parts of the UK that are just um, acres and acres of uh, detached house, uh, sorry, not detached, uh, terraced houses with no off-road parking. There's, there's huge challenges there um, in terms of how we're going to do that. So I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I think we'll end up going down the electric vehicle route, um, but I'm I'm not an expert on on hydrogen. Fair
0: enough. Um, it's interesting what you say about the advertising. Then, so do you not think that? there is enough positive education in the public domain um around being more sustainable
1: I think it there is in in terms of it's you know it's part of the curriculum for primary school children now secondary school children obviously know it um I think when you get to university level it's it sort of drops a bit because it's only if you do sustainability units generally in university so that probably needs some tweaking I, I say I, well I think everyone who leaves a university should be able to enter the job market with a certain level of carbon literacy and an ability to influence the businesses that they work on um, in a sustainable context um but not everyone goes to university right so that that's the that's the thing I'm just talking with my academic head on um if we're talking about general general members of society who don't have the privilege to go to university um I think it's still there from earlier education but if if you're say my age and you have not been interested in this agenda then you probably haven't had enough awareness Mm -hmm. and certainly if you look at the scale of the change required I think people are I wouldn't say they're being kept in the dark on purpose by the government or anything like that but there's certainly not enough information out there in terms of what's going to happen and it's nice to see things like your Attenborough documentaries and and things like that on on the BBC and stuff like that, but I think we we can do a lot more in terms of educating people in terms of how is the world going to change, and what are the changes we need, so that you know if if you all of a sudden get told you need to start recycling plastics in a separate bin or recycling soft plastics by taking them to Tesco, that seems like a big behavioural shift to people, and it's like a pain and a nuisance that people have to go through. But if you understand the reason why because you've had a value shift within you because you've become aware of these challenges. It's not a problem at all. It's something that you want to do because you want to try to to make a difference and contribute. So I think that's the key. We need to try and get this core value change in people by, by making them more aware.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. And look, Graham, thank you so much for your insight and your expertise and you know, sharing your thoughts with us. I really, really appreciate it. And it's been really good to talk to you and have this conversation. We've been waiting a long time to have it. So thanks a lot. Um, and wish you all the best. Thanks a lot, Sam. All right.